From the studios of WHUP LP in Hillsborough, North Carolina, this is Dirty White Belt Radio. Innovative, often duplicated When enough people get on the trend I elevate it, make it way harder For them to follow what I take It hard to swallow like a lozenger Lodged in your trachea Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up So just take your stuff Rake it up and take the bus Never fake the funk, you painted skunks You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space So the wait is up Fight, Welcome to another episode of Dirty White Belt Radio, everyone. I'm really excited for this show because we get to share the studio with a couple of multi-talented guys who are not just jiu-jitsu practitioners, but high-level musicians as well. We're calling this episode Blue Belts, Beats, and Bars, and we're excited to get to our guests in the studio in just a second. But first, I need to tell you how to get a hold of us. We're holding, as you may have heard, the Dirty White Belt Radio Awards. You can still nominate deserving candidates on dirtywhitebelt.com slash blog or on our Facebook page at Cageside Radio. We'd love it if you would leave us a comment or send us an email at cagesidew.com whup at gmail.com about who you think the most deserving people in the local jiu-jitsu community are to be jujutero of the year jujutera of the year who had the match of the year who the most inspirational person is and if you want super bonus points you can leave us a voicemail and your voicemail might get played on the show um, our facebook page is facebook.com slash cage radio you can also get at us on twitter and instagram at dwb radio or at dirty white belt on instagram so without further ado, I'm going to ask our guests to introduce themselves, and uh, we have guys that are both blue belts in jiu-jitsu, but upper belts at other various art forms. <laughs> and so, Rodney, why don't we start with you? Can you tell the listeners who you are and what you're about? Hey, I'm Rodney. I go by the moniker Oak City Slums. I'm 33 years old, married, three kids. I uh, play a lot of music. I DJ. I, uh, and I do jiu-jitsu. So, yeah. Rodney's a professional musician who also just got his blue belt, so congratulations about that. Thank you, that. thank you. Appreciate it. We're going <laughs> to talk about what the blue belt means to both of our guests, because my other guest is also a blue belt. Henry, why don't you say hi to the listeners? Hi, I'm Henry Juan. Um, I go by Mini Love, and I'm also a father of two. So I do uh, music and jujitsu, and uh, I battle a lot of child illnesses <laughs> as well as beat battle because i've seen <laughs> yeah <laughs> and listeners you have definitely heard henry juan dj mini love on the show he d- provided the backing beat for many of our bumpers as well as a lot of our advertisements so if you hear that we're gonna uh, you, you should recognize that as a dj mini love production you can also uh, listen to some of the, we're gonna play some songs for you guys later in the show mm-hmm. but first we both wanted to get started talking about jujitsu awesome because it's something that's really important to both of us and so um wh- why don't we start why don't we start with henry henry when did you first start training jiu-jitsu and why did you get into it i started like i think three or four years ago um i got into it actually because of my wife erin um my my dad's super into ufc like he was you know like watching the vhs of old horse gracie fights and it and he would take me when i was young and it terrified me to see all that blood and stuff so i was like against all of that and then um he was watching it one time when i brought erin over she was like what is this this is amazing this is awesome. And she's like super into it. So I was like, okay, well, I mean, I got to, you know, make her happy. So let's just watch it. And um, and when we moved to Annapolis, she she's like, let's do some jujitsu. So I was, I was like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll go with you and open my mind up for it. And we just really love it, like from, from that point on. But it was kind of like a, uh, 
it's like a rough gym, so I didn't like learn technique. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. just getting battered <laughs> for like a year. <laughs> it's good for you. It builds yeah. character. Yeah, it does. And and uh, it's been like you know, I'm taking little breaks because of our two kids, but it's been pretty uh, central part in our lives. Right. Yeah, Henry's wife Erin is a mat savage as well, and she's out competing again, which is super impressive. Yeah. And so you can mm-hmm. see Erin on the mats. So Rodney, you, uh, how did you get into jiu-jitsu? And, uh, and we'll, we'll talk later about some of the people that you know from local jiu-jitsu right. from other okay, phenomena. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this could be a long story. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, in, in short, me and my daughter uh, did Japanese jiu-jitsu for a while. And, uh, and I don't think it's a secret that Japanese jiu-jitsu, they're not super fans of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And so uh, I think, you know, kind of the indoctrination kept me from exploring uh you know the possibilities of you know com- you know close combat and hand-to-hand combat um uh, but our gym wound up our dojo wound up closing and so as we i was looking for something for my daughter to do uh to stay active as i i had many other options to, to stay active and uh, not necessarily even just training my hands but um i decided to take her to a local brazilian jiu-jitsu uh school uh tftc and carry because uh, we shop at whole foods I think every single day we're there once or twice a day. And then uh, there's a couple people that work there that also train at the gym. So I seen the sweatshirts and stuff like that. And then um, uh, I just asked like, Hey, you know, where's the gym at? And, you know, they were from time to time, we have a table out in front of whole foods and they would kind of, you know, uh, you know, spread the gospel of jujitsu, <laughs> you know, like Mormons. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, and, and, uh, and then, uh, so one, I just like, you know what, she needs to do something you know, to stay active at least, you know? Uh, and um, so I put her in, it was, uh, she was in, I was watching her. I, I got to meet um, uh, the black belt there and talk to some of the people there at the school. I, I watched her for a couple of weeks and I took a free class for a couple of weeks. And then uh, it's been on since then. I've been training for probably about nine months, nine to 10 months. And uh, yeah, um, I do, I probably train about seven times a week, if not more. Uh, that's awesome. Pe- yeah. People underestimate the Whole Foods to Jiu-Jitsu pipeline. You know, <laughs> oh, so it's direct. Yeah, the, and then uh, the Acai, you know, yeah. connection between all. You know, there's just all manner of cross pollination. <laughs> and shout out to Chelsea Kurtzman, who is a Whole Foods worker and also avid Jiu-Jitsu. But yeah, so so you've been training. You've trained at least seven classes a week. You've been training really hard, and you recently received your blue belt, which yes, is sir. a great achievement. Congratulations. Yes, you know, and, and by the way, for anybody who hasn't seen it in the archive, we have a video from Jay Quitfield talking about why the blue belt is the most important mm. belt in jujitsu, which I believe. Yeah. And so I have my own reasons for that, but I'm curious about why the, what the, what's meaningful about the blue belt to you and what does the belt mean? Yeah. So, um, I, um, you know, being, a you know, starting out, I'm a big guy, um, uh, but I'm, I'm very fast. I'm very, uh, strong. I mean, to, I guess, you know, I feel like I'm very strong. I'm very fast. He's, he's actually flexing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding the mic as tight as I can. No, I, you know, I've always been very athletic. I've always been very strong. I've always, been, you know, strong. You know, being able to pick a lot of heavy things up and move things. And uh, you know, uh, I grew up skateboarding, so I was always like this very large person doing tricks. You know, downstairs and handrails and stuff like that. And uh, so I've always been kind of agile and stuff like that. I could do like uh, if you ever, you know, anybody who's ever seen my Instagram, I'm like every once in a while I post videos of me like doing backflips or skating or something like that, you know. Um, and so I've always been agile and stuff like that. And then uh, so coming into jiu-jitsu, uh, you know, and kind of part of my past, I, I got into a lot of street fights and, um, you know, I, I, you know, I did well. 
<laughs> I don't, I don't want to sound like a jerk, like, you know, like I was going around beating people up. But, I, I mean, like I get in fights and I've always been kind of rough. And, um, you know, as I've gotten older that you, you, you learn more, you understand people, humans more. And um, I I put that part of my life behind me. And the last fist fight I got into was about eight years ago. It wasn't the last confrontation I've been in, but it's the last time I've had to act. I felt the need to put my hands on somebody. And so coming into jiu-jitsu, um, I like aggressive aggression. I like, um, in some sadistic way, I like the outcome of pain. You know what I mean? And um, and so I, I came into jujitsu not wanting to put that on people, but there's a natural uh, instinct in me that just likes the push pull of like you know being being handled and handling other people that way. And so. Um, you know, being under Brian Mingi for the majority of, of my uh, journey so far, uh, and Brad Acosta, Brian being the meat, kind of meathead too. Uh, <laughs> he, you know, he he welcomed that and he actually fostered it. And um, you know, uh, where I got to kind of be rough, and obviously him being such a high level black belt, and he allowed me to to you know uh, be rough and kind of get that energy out but then brought it brought it back down and uh began to tell me like that's cool and that's awesome you're strong you're never not going to be strong you're never not going to be fast but you know uh, obviously i had to learn to breathe to not tire out i had to learn that there's a there's a, a way to be aggressive and times to be aggressive and be strong uh, and so this whole time you know uh not only did, you know um I can get kind of personal. I struggle with depression, crippling depression. And the mat has been like a major, major savior in just getting those emotions out. So sometimes I find myself at the class crying for no reason, uh, you know. And so being in the, in the environment where people are encouraging me every single day, say, good job, hey, slow down, take it easy, you know, it's not none of it. And, it, and then even that reciprocation of aggression getting to roll with guys that are as aggressive as I am or and more skilled and they put me in bad and I get choked out and, and you know, and things are getting hurt and uh, that, there's that reciprocation, all that together in the journey of and then trying to show my coaches that I'm I'm listening. It's like that part of it was just, almost just trying to satisfy the people around me because uh, I'm also kind of a loyalist, you know, so I'm like, I, like I'm, I'm here, I'm at your school, you're always going to be my teacher type mentality, you know what I mean? So all that like culminated to like when, um, you know, not necessarily trying to be a blue belt, but just learning, but then the recognition that I see you not muscling people, I see you practicing the techniques correctly, the recognition that all these things, all these things that matter to me, and then you see uh, you know, my teachers and my coaches see like we see you doing what is uh, needed to continue the journey and then awarding me with the like, hey, you're ready to, to represent us further in this journey. That to me was like it was crazy. You know, what I mean, so being a blue belt for now a week and a half, you know, uh, the responsibility of being a blue belt and now telling people, yeah, I do jujitsu, but not only do I just do jujitsu because anybody can walk into a gym and become a white belt, anybody. Not everybody can walk into a gym and, and receive a blue belt in jujitsu. You know what I'm saying? And it definitely doesn't come easy. So for me, it means everything. Uh, it's it, it encourages me to train even harder, you know, not rougher, but like train more, train, uh, be, be even more uh, 
uh, deliberate in my movement and and uh, being a good uh, partner for the people I've trained with. You know what I mean? So everything, I feel more responsible. Like I have more responsibilities uh, now that I'm a blue belt. And I, I can only imagine it's going to become a greater responsibility as the time goes, you know. And you mentioned the bond that's created in jiu-jitsu. You, we were talking off the air about uh, that bond and how it compares to other uh, aspects of life, and that's something I want to get into with both of you, about how that bond compares to the bond between mm-hmm. musicians, the bond that's created in skateboarding, you mentioned. But first I want to ask Henry the same question about uh, about the blue belt. You know, you've had your blue belt for, what, a year and a half now? I think so. Something, something like that. that. So, so like, uh, what, what does being a blue belt mean to you? What did it mean when you got it? What does it mean to you today? To me, it means like I, I have some technical facility to to uh, subdue someone that's a lot more strong and more agile than, than myself. Um, I mean, coming into jiu-jitsu, you kind of, like in the beginning, you just kind of get destroyed by everyone. And you don't see the technique in it. So I would I would just get destroyed and be like, wow, well, that guy was really strong and rough. <laughs> but, but then I would see the, um, the head coach, like the black belts, and there's my size are smaller sometimes and and they will just decimate these other guys with mm. it looked so effortless so i was like there's probably something to this mm. and um and it was kind of hard to get over like getting smashed over and over again but eventually you as a smaller guy like i'm completely the opposite of mom's <laughs> 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 like I'm, I'm a fragile flower um <laughs> Like, Henry's after. actually six foot eight. And <laughs> makes Dwayne Taylor look like Minnie Mouse. Right. You know? swole, <laughs> He's swole. Guy. Hashtag swole. Um, just realizing that you can kind of set traps, be tricky, and kind of use their momentum against them. Um, I think that's what, for me, it solidifies like like how to how to offset an opponent, an untrained opponent. Um, and mm-hmm. for me, that's what being a blue belt feels like. Because when you're when you're when you're training with your partners, everyone's getting better at the same time, so you never you never mm-hmm. feel like you're improving. But when <laughs> a new person comes in, like a new big person, you're like, oh, this guy's gonna kill me, and it's like effortless against them. Mm-hmm. It, it really shows you the power of jiu-jitsu because you don't realize that you can just do that now. Right. And to me, like, <laughs> like that's what it feels like. I can effortlessly like sweep a, a much bigger person who has no training. Like, right. you know, yeah. they have a couple months of training, it's gonna be a problem. But, yeah. but for a blue belt, I feel like that's um, like having some command of that. And, and realizing how to set traps for for your opponents, especially as a smaller guy, you gotta you kind of have to. You can't use your strength or anything. You gotta just right. make them commit and you know capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. Christmas is coming, and it's time to get gifts for the grappler in your life. Every year at DirtyWhiteBelt.com on the blog, we have a grappler's gift guide, and we want your suggestions, so be sure and tell us what you want for Christmas. But I'll tell you, on ToroBJJ.com right now, I see a bunch of things that would be really useful, including a Toro BJJ dress belt, a brand new Toro gi, or some of the sweet rash guards you can get from the best people with the best customer service around. Stop online at ToroBJJ.com, and be sure to watch DirtyWhiteBelt.com for our grappler's gift guide this year. U.S. Grappling is our favorite tournament organization for a lot of reasons. Run by grapplers for grapplers, U.S. Grappling consistently provides the best tournament experience for competitors. Whether it's a points tournament or submission only, and U.S. Grappling runs true no-time-limit submission-only events, it's the best place to compete and to watch your friends compete. Check out upcoming events and register online at usgrappling.com.
Let's so. throw this question out to both of you then. Like, and let's return to that issue of the bond that's created in jiu-jitsu. Rodney, you talked about this a little bit. And I mean, I think the sort of physical interaction of mm-hmm. engaging in an intense yeah. physical practice really creates sort of a bond. And now you're both musicians, mm-hmm. and that's a big part of your lives. Rodney, you do music full-time. Yeah. How would you compare the type of bond that's created in jiu-jitsu versus music versus skateboarding versus other communities that, that you've been in? I'll throw this, that out to both y'all. Oh, yes. Um, well, and I feel like in music, it's very egocentric because it's like, you know, me, me, listen to my stuff. This, this is mm-hmm. my music and stuff. And it's not, there's no, there's not much like feedback mechanism for your flaws, you know, with jujitsu, it's kind of immediate. It's like, oh yeah, that pass does not work. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like you, you get told immediately that this is not working. So you kind of hone it and, and you kind of keep yourself in check and with and with that you also will might check someone else and it's like a mutual understanding of um, self-improvement but in in something like music it's really hard to like for for me I'm starting to discover it's like hard to be friends with someone when it's like there's it's almost like a battle but like no one's really right. like talking to each other about it um, so the bond in jiu-jitsu has just been incredible like just mutual recognition that we can both um, hurt each other <laughs> and, right. and we won't and we're, we're we're there to help it's, each other yeah. improve, and that that's uh, immense. Yeah, immense the way. battles in jiu-jitsu are a lot more direct. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to For hurt sure. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's ego-dissolving. You know, it's, that's, I think it's beneficial yeah. across all aspects of life if you can yeah. just batter down that ego a little bit. Yeah. Um, I find it to be ego-dissolving. I, I was talking to Samantha Fallhaber yesterday about it, and she's like, well, you know, you, you battle your ego, but then it builds back up again, and you're going to, mm. like, as you get better and, and push it back down. So I've I haven't heard that yet from someone, but um, but that was pretty pretty interesting to hear that from her. Yeah, I, being somebody who grew up fighting a lot, I think um, the same. It's I think it's uh, the same thing as uh, war, and I think the same thing as the kind of military attitude where um, both connect people. You know, what I mean, like I think you see like old like World War Two veterans can talk to their enemy now in a different way uh, where um, there's something to be said. I don't know how to articulate it. I'm not a, you know, a scientist or, you know what I mean? Like, you know, but there's, we're definitely, you know, without trying to get like too new agey or weird, but, you know, we're made of molecules. And so I think every, like, you know, the makeup of life and people, um, we resonate with each other different ways, and I think there's something to fighters and people who are naturally like uh, protectors and um, peacemakers, even. You know what I mean? Um, that um, that we both understand um, in, in jujitsu, in particular, that this is necessary to protect the people around us and to, to protect ourselves. Where most of the world is kind of oblivious, and they go, "I'm good. I have a gun. I'm good." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? To me, my I have to be the reason why I can be protected and the people around me are protected. And I think uh, that push-pull of aggression, we all kind of it, – it, some some thresholds are different. Um, but definitely um, uh, the same way, um, uh, you know, friends can wrestle, you know what I mean? Like it just, just friend, you know, you, you and your friends, no. you know, you know, uh, you know, we wrestle and we tussle around. And it's 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 a bond. It's just like it's just a way, you know. You see like two dogs, you know, kind of going at it, and you're like, oh, they're gonna kill you know, like you not know, you know, they're just playing, you know what I mean? Or you know, you see animals do the same thing, and so I think there's something to be said about again for me uh, musically. Um, 
I can articulate all the things that I can I can articulate why people have certain emotions to certain some of my music like this progression is always going to make some people feel good. This other progression is always going to make people feel sad and it's going to be dark and it's going to put a dark mood on the song. So I think I don't know how to articulate at this point in my jujitsu journey why that bonds there, but I know immediately when I walked in the some of the more tangible a- aspects of jujitsu like just simply saying, "Hey, come roll with me." Oh yeah, great, awesome. You know, there's some like a like a reciprocation there of like friendship. Like you're not even necessarily intentionally trying to make friends, but the the fact that we're both doing the same thing. And at this point in life, it's not it's still rare to find. It's not like a you know um, you know everybody drives a car. You know, we all go to a grocery store. Not everybody does jujitsu. You know what I mean? Like it's still it's still very kind of a, a very niche community of people. And I mean, like we were saying before, even like it's very it's smaller than we think. Like we think like it's all over UFC. It's all you know, but like did, that's even different than the UFC jujitsu and the actual jujitsu community. Like you know, it's very they're two different I think entities, and the actual jujitsu community is very like. It's very small, I think. You know, like you, as soon as you start, if you're serious about it and you're involved in the community, you're going to meet everybody pretty quickly. And, you know, uh, those who know, know, like, hey, this guy trains. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and then the the people that come and go, I think, you know, I I, I don't know what to say about them and I don't know what, how they feel as far as do they feel that same bond. I know for me, I'm, I'm in the gym so often. I definitely got to know the people in my gym, but then when I go to the seminars or I go to like Toro Cup or I go to, you know, some of the competitions and stuff, I see the same faces. I'm like, oh, hey, you go to this gym. Oh, hey, you go to that gym. You know, and it's just, it, it's, a, you know, similar to skateboarding. When I hear a skateboard go by on concrete or coming down the street, I can tell, number one, he's riding a real skateboard just by the frequency of the wheels on the, on the asphalt, <laughs> the, the certain kind of, you know, wheel, it's not like a longboard. I can hear a longboard coming down the street and I'm like, for me personally, I don't longboard, but I know you're not the same as me because <laughs> I do tricks. I don't just cruise down the street. You know what I'm saying? So same thing with jujitsu. It's like, I don't see you around. I, you, don't, you probably don't train much because I train a lot and I go to all the gyms around here and I know all the guys in the gym and it's, it wasn't hard. It wasn't, it was effortless. I mean, they just said, Hey, come on, come train. You know what I mean? And so I know if I don't know you, I'm, I, 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 you know, either you're not from around here or you probably don't train much. You know what I mean? Uh, so I don't know what it is. I can't articulate why, but it's definitely like something like a bond that happens immediately. You put that gi on, you put that white belt on, and it's always it's like, oh, you do jujitsu, great. And then you know, as, a, as you keep coming around, it's, it's, it gets closer and closer and closer. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know if I can articulate it as well as maybe you. I know you said you had a theory. <laughs> uh, you, well, actually, uh, you got it most of my theory when you talked about um, the, the military analogy. I think when you go through really intense physical suffering with another person, there's a bond right. that's created there, whether you're on the same side or not. Exactly. And so, yeah, like, you dude, have a really sure. you, right. You have a really tough role with somebody, and you respect them. Oh, you yeah. know. And you're like, man, you just beat me up. You're awesome. Especially or, when you're the big guy getting smashed by a little dude. You're like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I get psyched about it, man. I, I mean, there's a couple. And matter of fact, it tells me two things. that I'm, 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 Like you said, immediately you realize I'm doing something completely wrong. It doesn't matter how what you might think. or you. It, and if you're the guy who's making up excuses, why you're, what you did wrong is not you know, yeah, you that, that. that it's not wrong. Yeah, you're not going to improve. You're not going to improve. <laughs> so, yeah. so Jeremy Seth, I, I, he's a go-to for me. I go to, he's 155. Mm. He's five, six or something like that. Yeah. And he smashes me 
every single time. And I go to him because I'm, I, I, I'm obviously realizing there's a difference in game and how I play. When I roll with big guys, you know, a lot of them tend to use the strongman game with me. And now we're just going to see who's stronger, you know. You know, and it's a lot of times, you know, it's like you might be stronger, I might be stronger, but we're playing, we're not playing a jujitsu game really at that point. Uh, with Jeremy, I have to like be, you know, I have to tighten up. I can't let it, he's small, so he gets in these small little circles and, you know, he gets a lot of stuff on me that big guys don't typically get on me. You know what I mean? And so um, I realize, like, boom, that's, you know, <laughs> it's you know it's, it, it getting smashed especially by small guys it's, it's humbling it make it makes me even more believer in jujitsu yeah. you know what i mean but yeah it's like those 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 hard rolls and when you get hurt you know they you know you, it's, it's even like i get hurt you know they, somebody's helping me tape my finger up or you know what i mean i think it's just like it's it's traumatic all around and you're, yeah, like, you <laughs> you're the room the room's going black and, <laughs> you know everybody's helping you up like hey you almost passed out man you know <laughs> So Henry, like uh, Rodney mentioned skateboarding as uh, something that also creates a bond, creates a very powerful connection of like, hey, you this thing I do that's also a niche esoteric, but also amazing uh-huh. activity. Like, do you have anything like that other than jujitsu that you've been a part of? Uh, or is jujitsu unique? Jujitsu is unique, man. It's just that um, it's like the like I, when, when Rodney was saying, like asking someone to roll, it's like a bond because you basically say, you want to challenge each other? You want to you uh, want to improve? Yeah, that's that's it's kind of like this this uh, back and forth. And I've never encountered anything like that before. Because, mm. um, like I said, with, with music, which has been a huge part of my life, it's everyone's kind of battling each other, but not directly. And it's mm. like no one's really improving. It's just yeah. it's just you kind of trapped in your own your own head about it. But yeah, but and there's few people I think music don't they don't understand that you meet the the rare one again. Talking to Henry, mm. when I found out he did jujitsu, we is we stopped talking about music altogether, and we're just like, right. <laughs> oh, hey, where you, you know, you start going to where you train, who you train with, you yeah. know, boom, boom, you know, and it's like, so in music, there's a, again, I think both of us can probably relate to, I, I'm a very, um, I don't compete with people in music. To me, it's, and I think it's the same thing with jujitsu. I'm not competing against my right. partners. Right, right. I'm not trying to win. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn. Mm-hmm. So music to me is a, an endless journey. Jujitsu yeah. to me is, looks like an endless journey. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's for hard, me, I, it's twisted though. Like people don't think that in music. Exactly. Yeah. So in jujitsu, like you said, it's very face value. Like mm-hmm. you, you either tap or you don't tap. You're either going night night or you're not going night night. You know what I mean? Or you're surviving with somebody. You know, it, it's it's very like the results are direct. They're they are what they are. Yeah. You either can pass that guy's guard or you can't. You can you either can you know see these positions or you can't. With music, you can say you know um, I'm just not into that. Yeah. yeah, you just and, don't like, get it. It, it, it. it doesn't matter <laughs> that everybody else says the music sucks. <laughs> like, uh, oh, they, they're just not into it. Yeah. It's like you, you know, understand my complexity, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so advanced that nobody gets it. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, and it's like you know what I'm saying. So it's like it's kind of weird. Like, and, and again, for me, I don't I don't compete. To me, I'm I'm a musician. Like, I can't be anything else. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to be a, a guy with you know at a, a desk job. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to be. I'm not a. I'm not a pharmacist. I'm not a chef. I'm not a you know clobber. You know, I'm not any of those things. I'm clobber. a musician. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't know. You know, what I mean, I'm, I'm a musician. I know how to play music, and so I can I can pick up any instrument and almost immediately figure out how to play something. Like if I've never played even like ever in my life, it's like yeah. it's in me. I've always been that way. So, you know, for me, I don't want to compete against some with people when it's just something that's very personal to me. 
Uh, same thing with jujitsu. It's very personal. Like uh, all the while, I'm being encouraged. I'm being taught. Mm. You know, um, and so it's very different. But you know, music has, fulfills a huge part of my, you know, of my uh, who I am, the makeup of who I am, and I think it's also taught me. Is it's it's made its way into why I can be the big guy, not trying to kill everybody, mm-hmm. because I'm not competing against you. I'm here to learn. And so in, even in a learning environment, when I'm playing music, I'm learning. I'm not trying to make the best song to, you know, you know, you know a top 40 song or something. Like that. I'm just learning right now. I'm in the, in the mode. I'm reading a book or I'm, you know, mm-hmm. got a new piece of gear in my studio. I'm just trying to learn. I'm not really I'm not. I'm, my focus is switched. You know, I mean, where jujitsu is the same thing. I'm like, I'm not here to kill you, man. You know, even with the rollathon, I, I went in there planning to just kind of ease in. I figured I'd just get tapped out a few times and loosen up you know <laughs> but everybody was super excited so was i so we all went really hard from like the time we started to, we ended. Yeah, 20 minutes and in you're like i'm done <laughs> it was uh it was a uh, you know so it's you know but again i'm not i'm not, I'm not trying to kill anybody you know what i mean and, and as you know um uh and i'm, I'm also proving that i don't want to kill people because every time i go to the gym i'm the big black guy <laughs> who, who walks in matter of fact i went to pendergrass first time i ever went to pendergrass uh, they have a lot of upper belts who are also big guys. Mm-hmm. And I happened to go on a, a belt testing day. Oh. Uh, and so everybody who was associated with the gym was there. So that's where I met Dwayne. I'm, um, and I met a lot of other guys I know today. And they're just big upper belts yeah. or, or be- getting ready to become upper belts. And uh, and it, everybody's just on the wall with their arms crossed looking at me as I'm walking by. I'm like, uh, uh, hey. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and not, like it, not in a... We're gonna kill you, but like, oh, there's another big guy in here. Let's, oh man, let's, yeah. like, let's roll with him. Yeah. You know, what I mean? when I found out you did jujitsu, I was like, this guy's gonna come over me. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy's big and he's gonna come over me. This yeah. What's well, it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about the big guys because, like, I can say as a smaller guy that travels around a lot, both around the triangle and every place else. Like, when I got my purple belt, things changed. Like, mm-hmm. when you walk into a gym, I and I imagine this is this is analogous to being the big mm-hmm. guy because it's not like there's always an implicit challenge, mm-hmm. but traveling. To a place you don't know as a purple belt is way different, oh, yeah. and suddenly there are cats that are like, well, you know, they're I want to <laughs> see this purple belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like let's see yeah. how good this guy actually yeah. is. And it's like, yeah. oh man, I'm I'm not even supposed to be here today. I did my first I did my first roll out of state uh, about three four months ago. I was in Ohio and I went to a Helsin Gracie school, and um, I I they were really cool, but it's always the same. Like I don't think it's a it's a it's not a challenge. Mm-hmm. It's just that. You're a big guy. I wonder what that feels like. Yeah. The and same. It, the same way when I saw Andrew Bittner, he looked scary to me, and I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I wonder like what that feels like. And I, I went over. I was like, man, you might roll with me. He rolled me, and it felt terrible. It looks, <laughs> it looks like a scary Richie Cunningham. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. His Bittner. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you can see the death don't look in his at me eyes. like that. <laughs> it's funny because like visiting is different than it used to be. Like it used to be when I would go around, I would say like like now I think the jujitsu community has become a bunch a bunch more open and a bunch more open to like the learning mentality that both of you are discussing. Mm-hmm. Like when I first started training and when I first got my blue belt and was traveling with my mom lives in Oregon and I got family all around mm-hmm. and like there would be I would say like 60 to 40 ratio of like 60% mm-hmm. of the gyms were really cool and 40% were the let's show this guy our gym is better oh, than man. his gym. Wow. That's yeah, and that's and that crazy. right no and like, <laughs> and like I'm the smiley little old guy man like I don't, I'm not trying to do that but but now it's more like 80 20 mm-hmm. and like it mm-hmm. still happens but 
but it's it's more rare. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and I think that's positive. Um, Speaking so, to that bond though, like when when I travel, I usually just I Google like who's the owner of the gym. I message them and or I look them up on Facebook, and we yeah. always have a mutual friend. I'm like, hey, I train with with David and Dave, and can I come train? And like, oh, and they're oh, so yeah. welcoming because everyone's connected, and yeah. in, in that I, aspect. I think the attitude too, um, how you walk in, the respect you show. Yeah, uh, I've not paid a mat fee ever. Yeah, and I've been to a lot of open mats to a lot of different schools, and I, it's like literally I've walked in, and it's always like. Oh yeah, no, come train, man. You know, uh, dude. I, uh, so I just told this story yesterday, and so I'm going to tell it again because I haven't thought of it in a long time. And Henry might know this. Henry, do you remember the old TJJ twenty dollar mat fee? I saw that. Yeah. So here's the thing. I, I told CJ Murdoch this because uh, we were driving, and CJ was like, "Yeah, I went to this school, and they had like a forty dollar mat fee." And I was like, "I tell you a secret. We used to have this mat fee sign. We never charged anybody a mat fee. It was just a way to deny entry to people we didn't like." Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm sorry if I'm spilling a secret there, <laughs> and I'm really sorry if we tried to make you pay the mat fee. We probably really like you, honestly. Grapplers, there are a lot of different rule sets out there, but you know the only pure rule set there is? True submission only. And you know the only tournament organization to run true no time limit submission only? It's U.S. Grappling. And December 9th, true submission only U.S. Grappling comes back to Richmond, Virginia. Register early at usgrappling.com and get on out there for no time limits, no points, and no excuses. usgrappling.com to register December 9th. But before we, before we talk transition to talking a little bit more about music, I want to ask you one more explicit jujitsu question. And of course, we can keep talking about jujitsu because we're just gonna. Uh, but um, but like, what are you, what are your guys' goals for jujitsu? Like, Henry, you're a little bit further along. I'm going to start with you, and like, and you can interpret that question however you cool. want. Um, well, I know, like I said, with, uh, with getting a blue belt, it, it with new big dudes coming in, it's kind of effortless to to roll with them. And I feel like getting a purple belt, especially the purple belts I roll with, it's always mm-hmm. effortless when they're handling me. And I feel like, like to get to that purple belt level, um, is to be able to handle like someone like Rodney, mm-hmm. who's a blue belt, and then be able to like hang with him. You know, someone who's physically capable but also technically capable. Mm-hmm. So like getting over that, trying to get over that hump to develop your <coughs> technicality to a, a level where you can offset their physical attributes. Mm-hmm. So to me, like the the hardest people to roll with right now for me is wrestlers mm-hmm. you know people have been wrestling for a little bit and they know just enough jujitsu to to avoid your little your little mm-hmm. tricks like mm-hmm. that that is terrifying and it's, it's been <laughs> that's been really hard to try to like get to that next level but that's that's my goal just to kind of be able to hang with someone who's far superior um athletically and um and just they just know enough to to be safe you know mm-hmm. Rodney, do you think about goals in jiu-jitsu? Oh, yeah, all the time, man. It's I, Like I said, training training as much as I do, there's, there's always like a, a clear path in, in front of me. And, um, you know, like I said, the, the belts, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to receive a belt, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to taking care of myself enough to keep doing this for the rest of my life, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that's the main goal is to stay healthy. Um, uh, and then, obviously, I, I, I think at some point I'd like to uh, – I do have, like, one specific goal. I, I would like to go into bad neighborhoods and teach jiu-jitsu for free at oh, some point. Awesome. And so uh, I've, I've talked to a few people, you know. Uh, I'd like to uh, – specifically those who are more prone to violence, so the uh, LGBTQ uh, TQ community, I'd like to – <clears throat> if it's not already available, I know uh, some people kind of offer those things, but to be another 
you know, again, I, I always tell people, if you can't defend yourself with your hands and feet, it's, you can't defend yourself. Mm-hmm. A gun can't do that for you. A knife can't do that for you. Like you're, you if your hands are not capable and your feet are not capable, uh, you're not you're not really uh, learning to, to defend yourself. And um, it's, um, again, me being kind of a hardened, you know, mindset, um, I don't like hear people complain they've done nothing to avoid uh, certain kinds of confrontation. Again, I think jujitsu provides not only uh, the actual physical ability to defend yourself properly, not saying you're going to go and whoop everybody like Bruce Lee or something like that, but you, if nothing else, you learn to get from under somebody mm. who's w- much bigger than you, yeah. much heavier than you, who might have the strength to pin you down, but the techniques help you to just, I, didn't, I can escape. Yeah. So if, the, if all you can do and you learn in jiu-jitsu is to escape from danger, well, that's, that's defending yourself. And I, I'd like to provide that for people who, who typically don't uh, have that offer. And I think, you know, there's a couple – we still have a few projects left up in uh, uh, Raleigh that it would be, be nice to, to go and offer, especially young boys who are, you know, uh, maybe gang-affiliated. Mm-hmm. You know, give them a way to – get some of that aggression out and, um, you know, uh, show them, you know, that life, you know, cause life is hard. It doesn't, it, you know, I've had a pretty easy life. I've had some struggles, um, in life, but for me, life's been pretty easy. So, um, but the things I have to, had to deal with, you know, everybody's got different, uh, and varying severities of trouble and hardship. And it, you know, I think jujitsu is to, for me, like I said, for me, it's, I, I find myself sometimes just, I'm walking off the mat crying because I, I'm just dealing with stuff internally and, and now and I just released it yeah. on the mat you know uh, and so obviously I, I want to get more fluid I want to I, I, I like I was told yesterday don't be a don't be sorry for being strong mm-hmm. but I also I know those moments when I explode mm-hmm. uh, so right now the goal is to be graceful <laughs> that's the short goal so I mean um, part of for me uh, the blue belt also meant like I felt like I'm a blue belt. It somewhat legitimizes my jujitsu. So maybe if I can just teach small, like small groups of unknowing, you know, mm-hmm. people who don't know anything, yeah. maybe help or facilitate some type of self defense class, yeah. uh, and and in particularly, you know, maybe LGBTQ community and mm-hmm. poor neighborhoods. Um, you know, we, we live in Cary, but everybody in our in our class drives a, a nice car. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm not really looking to like facilitate. Uh, you know. Everybody can probably, you know, everybody goes to my gym can afford it, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) or 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 at least have the means and ways of kind of, you know, affording, you know, their their fee to the gym. And so I'd like to hopefully, um, you know, um, you know, especially uh, you know, uh, girls in bad neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't need to talk about statistics with you know the the you know what happens and girls get taken advantage of and poor neighborhoods and stuff like that and and like to offer them a way to to not to feel empowered to not have to maybe even be coerced into doing things they don't want to do um you know um and to maybe break that cycle of uh, for, for the boys and the women mm-hmm. you know what i mean all of those are noble and worthy goals and i uh, i i think that was a great conversation we'll continue to talk about jujitsu but now i want to talk about music and in order to transition to you guys talking about music first we're going to play a beat that DJ Minilove wrote for a beat battle. We'll come back on the other side of this and talk with Oak City Slums and DJ Minilove about music, jujitsu, life, and everything else that's important.
You've just heard a beat by DJ Mini Love, who is in the studio with me and Oak City Slums. We're talking about jujitsu and we're talking about music. Both of these men are high level musicians. And Rodney, you're actually a full time professional musician. Yes, sir. How long have you been doing that? Uh, well, I started playing professionally, technically, like being paid to play mm-hmm. when I was 15. I did my first, like. So about 18 fi- years now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. Um, uh, it's a hustle, man. Between mm. playing at my church, um, playing, you know, I DJ out and I produce for different artists and I get paid as a producer when I play live shows, you know, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I get paid a lot of money to do all these things and sometimes I'm hustling and I'm like, I'll take that job. Sure. You know, uh, so winter months are brutal. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have a couple of, I have a couple of, um, I have a couple of, uh, um, like residencies and I, 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 I help around my church as well. So, um, so I have a steady check. It's, it's nice. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not like necessarily the definition of a starving musician, you know, and my parents are cool too. So the times that we're broke, we're like, I'm like, can you help me with this idea? <laughs> you know, I mean, my parents have been super cool. So yeah, I mean, um, music's just something I've always done. I, I, don't, I don't mean to sound so nonchalant about it, but it's just like it's it comes so naturally to me. I just I can I've played in punk bands. I grew matter of fact, I grew up in the punk hardcore scene uh, here in North Carolina in uh, you know uh, Raleigh Durham Chapel Hill area. I've, I've been to all the venues I've I've seen come and go over the years. I've been, you know, punk was like my, my, the music, like, you know, I had, um, my older brother is 51. I have a sister who's 45. I have another sister who's 40. And so like, I was listening, like they were listening like house music and try call quest and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like, you know, through the the times and, you know, so I was hearing like Miami bass. I was hearing like, you know, from like, you know, the two life crew and stuff like that. Um, and so I was really into like, uh, older music but when i got old enough to like decide what i wanted to listen to i was listening to minor threat you know black mm-hmm. flag uh i grew up in a christian household so i was listening to a lot of christian hardcore bands too oh wow uh, so uh I was, but anything loud like i mean black metal death metal i was really into all that stuff and still am i just i'm you know i'm not as active in the scene anymore but then uh my mom was just always encouraging my mom so my dad hated the loud music my mom would let me play all the loud music in the car when we were driving around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but they never encouraged me not to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And they never encouraged me to, like, you know, you know, being a, a black family, it's not really typical that you're, you got this black kid who's into punk rock music. Mm-hmm. It's just, just what it is. And so they always, they, even though they didn't necessarily like the music, there was like, they it encouraged me to be an individual. You know what I'm saying? So uh, as I, as I got older, that same mentality permeated the house and, and who we are as people in the house. And I got into jazz. I got into really heavy into country, like, you know, outlaw country mm-hmm. and folk music and Americana. Uh, and then uh, around 16, I got into uh, hip hop. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to Jay Dilla. And, and, uh, and that's yeah. that's single-handedly my favorite. Uh, uh, and so my top, I have a top three producers list is Beck, Jay Dilla and LP from you. Many people will know him from Run the Jewels, but I know him from Company Flow and as LP and the owner of Def Jukes. Yeah, so absolutely. That's how I know him. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, and then so now the rest is history. I, I I got into producing when I was 27. Actually, mm. I'm 33 now, and I just thought I want to I want to do what I'm listening to. 
you know, I was playing, you know, just drums for a lot of different groups and bands and stuff like that. But I wanted to get into like making the music myself, but I wanted to do beats. And so I actually started out with remixing, doing house remixes of songs I liked. Uh, but as I was trying to learn the production, I was listening, to, I was mimicking Jay Dilla. So a lot of people, when they first heard me or came came to know me, they knew me as this guy who did like this, you know, slack beat, backpacker, hip hop style beats. Mm-hmm. Although I was really into bass music. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I started, my goal was to make bass music and make house music and stuff like that. And so as I kind of transformed back into trying to find my, my place in music, uh, on the production side, I got back into the bass music and the collaboration of what I learned and then what I was trying to do came together. And I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I've been recognized for my unique sound and mm-hmm. style. Well, you certainly movies. have a diverse ba- background of influences, oh, and I yeah, love all that sure. stuff too. And you mentioned offline that you could sample virtually anything. I want to talk to you about that yeah. in a second. <laughs> but like Henry, where did the musical journey start for you? What what made you want to do music? And when was the first moment you really fell in love? with the art and practice of music? Um, my dad's a, a flamenco guitar player. <laughs> so <laughs> so he's, he's just been always playing around the That's house awesome. like, <laughs> like all, mm. you're all that. Um, so that was I, an amazing impersonation. <laughs> <of flamenco laughs> that sounds exactly like a flamenco <laughs> guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so I, I just watched him play and, and I would just pick up his, his guitar um, when he had it lying around. And, and there's like a guitar club in like middle school or whatever. And so I just joined, you know, did the whole... You know, you pick up a guitar, you're going to learn, like, punk rock, you know, then you're going to go to Led Zeppelin, <laughs> then, like, Hendrix, then you're going to go to, like, death metal, and, like, you know, that's, that's a transition. So, basically, I, I followed that that line until I hit jazz in, in college, and I was like, I cannot do what these guys are doing. And, and then, like, I saw, like, they're approaching it very intellectually, oh. like, much like you just, you can't just wing jazz. You need to study. And yeah. so that's, <laughs> so in college, I started. Good comparison. To, like, yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah. So, like, in college, I started to study, like, jazz and understand, oh, yeah, how these changes work. Mm. And um, and that's really what hit it off for me, just getting it into an intellectual level instead of just kind of winging it, like, actually thinking about the art form and, and how to um, make the transition seamless and how to really, like, build tension break it down for for the audience and that was really cool like i, w- I would play like a little jazz gigs every now and again in college and um and when i first got married uh, i would play like go-go and there's like this this music in, in DC. Mar- yeah, yeah. DC Maryland, like go-go yeah. gigs <laughs> and like and like just like um like hip-hop in 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 uh, dc and when when aaron was pregnant i was like i can't keep doing this mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know being out all night and stuff so i looked into Produ- producing because mm-hmm. you could just do it at home and it's always been uh like, like it's it's always scared me because i didn't know what it involved you know like it seems so complicated mm. so i've always just kind of avoided it mm. but then i was like well i'm stuck at home and might as well learn something and it just man th- i started at the same time like 27 mm. um three years ago and it was it just really it, it, it clicked with me because you have the, this perfect machine yeah. and every thought you have you, you just like it executes it perfectly and yeah. i didn't realize that's how powerful it was where bands are you're, you're trying to like teach somebody yeah yeah learn like, you know yeah so like being a multiple instrumentalist yourself you probably in bands are like okay dude just do this part right. like you're directing everyone and that's yeah. all and like no one wants to practice the thing yeah. that you wrote and it's just yeah it's always a struggle but as um, a producer you can control everything yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's and then from from that i just became obsessed and just for my own self, for my own self, I'm not thinking about like playing live or anything. I'm just thinking about let's make the craziest stuff 
to impress myself you know right (laughs) (laughs) i make music for myself i dance in my studio all the time just like i'm I'm just really into it yeah Yeah. rodney gave us a great list of three amazing producers that he admires i'm wondering if their names that spring to mind for you as well as your top producers jay dilla yeah of course like yeah that's i don't that guy he just touches souls uh, with his stuff like my complex three minute composition doesn't beat like a 10 second loop that he's like, a loop, he makes. Man. Yeah. And it's a loop too. Yeah, it's perfect. Like he, he really, I don't, there's no science for what he does. Right. You know, I, you can't break down what he does. Yeah. You can't break down feel. There's no there's yeah. quantifying feel and yeah. soul. This is actually one of the interesting uh, overlaps between music and jujitsu that I noticed, which is it is both art and science. Oh exactly. yeah. That's why we for love sure. it. We'll Insti- both, you yeah. can't teach instinct. Yeah. You can't teach somebody to feel like to, to feel somebody's body moving on you. You know what I mean? Like, for me, I've always had, I think I've always had a, so far, I feel I have a keen sense of where my body is. Um, and so th- that's kind of been my saving grace as I've been learning is that I'm, I'm in tune with my body. Mm-hmm. But you can't teach somebody to be in tune with their body. You can't teach somebody to, to you know, uh, move certain ways. Like, there's mechanics. Like, my, my body moves the way it does because I'm an individual. You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. there's things that instinct is not teachable, you know, where the science of jiu-jitsu like yeah if you point the arm that way it'll break if you all every single time it'll mm-hmm. break you know but you know the how to get there you can't teach you know somebody to see things yeah. they, to see it or they don't like you know? with with uh, jazz and and jiu-jitsu i kind of view them really similarly like with jazz you you basically you have like um chord progressions mm-hmm. and there's certain things you can do within that progression they're going to sound terrible or sound great and there's like transitions you can do between the chords mm-hmm. and jiu-jitsu is the same way where you're mm-hmm. You have different positions, <laughs> and then you, there's only X number of things you can do in that position. You're not going to come someone from inside their guard, mm-hmm. right? And, and the transition from someone's guard to their back is crazy, like, you know, unless you're just like high level. And in and, and, and jazz, you, there's like really advanced people who can make these transitions that should not work. They make it work, and mm-hmm. that's like where the art, the mm-hmm. artist, and um, and jujitsu is the same way. There's there's so many parallels with both of them. That's mm-hmm. why I'm totally in love with with both. There's mm-hmm. just the science and the art. It's that's amazing. Yeah. So we're going to listen to a track by Oak City Slums right now. And on the other side of this, we're going to continue to talk with Henry and Rodney about the confluence between jiu-jitsu and music, about their favorite artists and where they see themselves going both musically and in jiu-jitsu on the other side of this track.
That was Oak City Slums, and it's always great to get the excuse to play great new music on the show. And so, guys, in the 10 minutes we have left, I want to talk a little bit more about music. I want to talk a little bit more about jiu-jitsu and art. Yeah. And interestingly, Rodney, you were talking to me about how before you even got into jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. it winds up, winds up you know some guys who are pretty prominent and now a couple black belts on the oh, scene. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so my first ever hearing of uh, jiu-jitsu was from Billy Dowie. And I didn't know Billy. I, I, we weren't friends by any means, but we were like I went and got I got tattooed at uh, Blue Flame, and he was a piercer there at the time, and pretty fresh to I guess MMA as well. And so um, Billy, I, I again knowing him from afar, I saw I would like you know social media was just kind of becoming like social media. MySpace was like the the Facebook of the time, you know, and. I saw pictures of Billy's bloody face, and I was just like, "Dude, this guy—he's scary." Just like looking at him, but then to see like he's also psychotic and like he's—he—he he lets people smash. To me, it was like he just kind of lets people beat the crap out of him. Like for me, I got in a lot of fights, but it was always just like it was either necessary or it, it was a confrontation. So, you know, the blood was. Like, but this guy's volunteering to, you know. To, to to get punched and like and punch Whoa. people, you know, so it was just like intense, and so, um, so I knew Billy, I knew uh, uh, quite a few other. Uh, th- I don't think they're around anymore, but uh, a couple other guys that were like Team Rock, uh, um, you know, jujitsu guys, and it was definitely rare. Like at the time, Hoist was coming to belt people. This is how long ago it was that that you know pe- there was no people handing out belts. It was like. You had to wait for Hoist to come into town, and then these guys were getting belted. Oh yeah, I remember wow. those days. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> wow. so I mean, I, I don't know, like, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not like a jujitsu nerd or buff, so I don't know a ton of people's names. And so, to me, everybody I look up to in jujitsu at this time is just people that are around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, Billy was an introduction. I had a friend of mine who um, uh, does no longer live in the United States, but he was a friend of mine who was a real tough guy. I think as psychotic or probably more psychotic than uh, Billy, and um, he did jujitsu. So to me, my whole introduction to jujitsu is like everybody who's a psycho does jujitsu, and I'm just like I don't, I don't think I want to be part. Of, I don't think I want to do this. Like you know, so it was scary. That's not true as far as you know. <laughs> it was it was very scary to me at the at the, at the time. I didn't understand it. You know what I mean? Like to me, fighting was always like uh, like very. Um, a, you know, just we're just trying to hurt each other and 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 put one of put one of us in the hospital. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, just you know, just hearing the uh, you know breaking their arms and like if you do this, it'll it'll twist their spine and we'll and then I can get this position to break their leg. I was just like ah ah ah, like, you know. <laughs> it all seems so like ah, these guys know what they're doing. They want to break my arms, you know, like. And so, like, uh, and that was, I mean, that was 14, 15 years ago. Uh, and then gr- when I, uh, like I said, I grew up skateboarding, and I knew Boo, Boo Hol- Holbrook, mm-hmm. uh, from skateboarding. And so I used to go to Boo's house and watch UFC fights. And out of nowhere, Boo said, hey, man, I started training, you know, in his country accent, of course, but, uh, yeah. uh, hey, man, I started training jiu-jitsu, you know. <laughs> And like he's like, man, they're beating me up, man. But I go in there every single day. But you know, he was a. I literally, I remember he started, and then years pass now, and he's a black belt now. Yeah, you know Bo- what I'm saying so. And Bill has a black belt. And so when I started, when I put my daughter into jujitsu, uh, uh, you know, almost a year ago now, uh, Brian Mengi, who's friends with all these same guys, 
was the black belt at our school before he moved to Wilmington. And so, uh, Brian, I started asking questions about jujitsu and, you know, and then he started telling me, I know this guy. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, all the same people I know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oddly enough cross, you know, uh, culture, um, I knew all these guys from punk rock music mm-hmm. in the punk scene. Uh, yeah. And so Boo is, Boo is a black belt in jiu-jitsu now. Would you would you say he's also a black belt in skateboarding? No. <laughs> <laughs> what what belt is Boo? Belt, what what belt is Boo in skateboarding? I don't, I don't think Boo, I don't think I had never seen Boo skate in the, I don't even think in thirteen years. Yeah. I know him for fourteen fifteen years. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen him skate. So uh, I mean I'm a I'm a, I'm a blue belt in skateboarding. I can still do some. I'm not. I used to be like a. I'd say a brown belt. No, a purple belt. But like, been, I was good. Like I could do a lot of tricks. But it got to like amateurs. Like my friends of mine went on to become like they're sponsored by the big name companies, and some of them are pros now by big name companies. I just like I got to a place where I was just like, okay, I'm never gonna get better than this. Like, I, and I, I didn't really have an interest to become a pro or anything like that. So I can still skateboard. I can still do a lot of tricks on ramps and rails and stuff like that. But I'm getting older. My knees are hurting more. You know. And oddly enough, jujitsu's helped uh my ligaments so my knees don't hurt nearly as bad as they used to i'm I'm glad to hear that yeah the the healing power of jujitsu well guys in the three minutes we have left henry is there anything i haven't asked about that you really wish i would have asked about or anything you want folks to know about mini love about yourself about your jujitsu or your music um yeah just 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 check out that stuff on (laughs) on spotify if you Mm -hmm. can give me like um you know give me some of that percentage of a, mm-hmm. a penny both no. of these gentlemen have been gracious enough to make mixes for us for your rolling pleasure that we'll post in the comments of this thread you can also follow mini love and oak city slums on instagram at mini love sounds and at oak city slums uh rodney do you have anything you want to you you want to say uh, yeah i mean uh i really appreciate you guys having me on i, I really I, I it's always a, some emotional experience when i'm saying like we're, we line up at the end of class and so i'm just so grateful like the community has been it's overwhelming, man. Like I'm trying not to. I, I boo a lot, man. Yeah. Like I, I, I cry a lot. So. Uh, I cry. All I, I, I try. I'm trying not to like get all emotional about it. But yeah, I'm just really thankful, man, to be part of Jiu-Jitsu community and uh, what it's done for me. And um, I look forward to seeing everybody on the mats, man. You know. So yeah, Jeff, um, you're. Uh, I, I don't know if I ever like face to face. Thank you, but you're really instrumental in me getting my blue belt with our early morning sessions and. Um, you just tried to like fake punch me out, and, and, um, and you're my okay for uh, for the blue belt demonstration. So I really appreciate that, and all the the little videos that you send me on the slide. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, Henry. <laughs> but in all seriousness, it's wonderful to have both of you guys as members of our local jiu-jitsu community. Um, I am so thrilled to have you guys part of jiu-jitsu, and I love your music. So that's always nice as well. And uh, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to be in the studio. Thank you, Thank you Jeff. Here are three amazing things that you can buy on the cageside.com website right now. First, the Toro BJJ Coffee and Chokes Rash Guard. As someone that trains in the morning, having this rash guard for the low, low price of $29 would be super useful. Second, and this is on clearance right now, the Cageside MMA Black Beanie that'll keep your ears warm in the coming winter and keep you looking fresh at local fights and jiu-jitsu competitions. Third, the Cageside Tank Muay Thai Shin Pads. I don't train striking anymore, but if I did, I know that leg kicks are terrible, and so having those will really help. In fact, with all the strikers I know, I'm thinking of just walking around in these shin pads. All these products and more at cageside.com. Thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon and otherwise, our Patreon supporters are Cody Malte, Carl Krebs, 
Betty Broadhurst, and Chris Holmes. This has been another episode of Dirty White Belt Radio. I really enjoyed talking to both Rodney, Oak City Slums, and Henry, DJ Minilove. We're going to post links where you can check out both of these gentlemen's music and rolling playlists that you can roll in pleasure to. This is Dirty White Belt Radio. My name is Jeff Shaw. We will see you next Sunday.